The birth of Jesus Christ is recorded for us by the evangelist Luke, as he records it in chapter 2 of his gospel. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. As we reflect on that reading, we might think how sad it was. How sad it was for this young couple to have to make that long journey from Nazareth all the way down to Bethlehem, about 60 miles. And they could only do it by walking. Normally it would take three days, but in her condition, maybe it was longer. And it certainly wasn't a trip her OBGYN would approve of. And all of that because some dictator in Rome issued a decree, everybody had to be counted, and everybody was going to pay taxes. As if that Roman Empire needed that Jewish money. And what were they doing in Israel anyway? It's not their land. Nonetheless, Mary and Joseph made that trip. And when they get there, it's time for her to deliver. And what do they find? No room. No room for them. How sad. How tragic. Here is the Son of God. Come into this world. And those are the circumstances in which he's born. Now as we look at those verses, we might see them as just giving us a lot of detail, and we might say there's just kind of secularness to it. In other words, we didn't see anything all that spiritual. We didn't see the hand of God doing anything. I mean, no room, certainly God could have intervened in some way and, and made some room, if, if not in that inn, certainly in a palace somewhere. What's going on? Why wouldn't people give up room? Well, maybe it was just a stressful situation for them too. Maybe a lot of them made a long journey and they were tired. And so they just wanted a place to rest and relax. Or maybe there was a little more to it. Maybe it was just a lot of selfishness. Some self-centeredness. They're, they're only thinking about their needs and Maybe they were preoccupied with a lot of other things, and they really didn't want to care about this peasant family. They can take care of themselves. Now we might think, oh, if we had been in that inn, it'd be different. Because really there was plenty of room, it's just nobody would give it up. 
But if we were there, we would have given up our room. We would have helped them with the delivery, helped them in any way we could. We would have made room for Jesus. Well, let's take a look at ourselves. Do we make room for Jesus now? Do we invite him into our lives? Or do we end up like the people of Bethlehem, just shoving God out of our life? You know, maybe we don't want him in certain areas of our life. We just don't want that interference. We're preoccupied. We have other things to take care of. We get stress ourselves, And then to throw God on top of all of that? Now we might think, but, but here I am tonight, right? I'm worshiping Jesus. I hope you are here to do that. And that you're not just here because somebody said, this is where you need to go tonight or because it's tradition to be here. I really hope that you're here to worship Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. And so, you see, the real question tonight is not, why wasn't there any room for Jesus in Bethlehem? No, the real question is, is there any room for Jesus in my life? I'm going to give you a good reason why there is. But you'll hear that in a couple of minutes. First, let's sing about this humble, lowly birth of Jesus as we sing Away in a Manger. So what we have seen so far is rather unfortunate that this couple had to make this unpleasant and undesired journey only to be met with a lot of misery. How sad. How pathetic. How unworthy of Israel's king to be born in that situation. And it seems as if the details that Luke supplies to us are just matter of fact. Caesar issues a decree. Okay. And there's a governor by the name of Quirinius. Well, who cares? But when you really consider what's going on, you do see the hand of God working. God had set a plan to send his son into the world, to a specific place. That's what we heard before. The prophet Micah said, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, for out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people. And that's what the angels announced after Jesus was born. Let's listen in. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, 
Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. That was the good news. Jesus, the Savior, had come. He had come to make room for us. You see, God's plan was at work. His hand was there. Oh, maybe not everybody could see it at the time. Maybe it would take some years like it did for the disciples to figure it all out. Maybe it would take them actually seeing Jesus suffering and dying and rising from the dead and then ascending back into heaven before they realized what had actually happened. The Savior had come. So what appears to be a series of unfortunate events actually turns out to be God's plan, a plan for us. So when we look at the small deals, let's, details, let's remember there's a bigger plan too. Now speaking of small details, did you know that Luke is the only one who records the details like this of Jesus' birth? The other three writers who detail Jesus' life for us don't say much about his birth. But all four of them spend several chapters telling us about Jesus suffering and dying and rising from the dead. Now, if you follow the principle that what is just mentioned in brief perhaps isn't as important as something spoken of with a lot of detail, then we would have to look at this and say, you know what? While Jesus' birth is wonderful, it's not the whole story. The manger means nothing without that cross. And that's where Jesus' life takes its importance. He came to take our place. He came to exist here and to suffer as we do, to bear hardships, to even go through temptations like we do but yet all without sin, so that his obedience can replace our disobedience. And then he takes the guilt of our disobedience upon himself. He puts himself under God's wrath so that you and I will not be under God's wrath for our sins. He dies the death that ransoms us. And he rises again to prove that the ransom had been paid, we are forgiven, and we will live forever. That's why he said to his disciples, in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. But now I am going to prepare a place for you. There is a place for us. In the mansions of our Heavenly Father, all prepared by Jesus. Christmas is often seen and celebrated as a time for family. Families get together for special things and celebrate this holiday in special ways. And if you're not with family, then you're probably with friends. Nobody, nobody is alone. But the good news of Christmas is, because of Jesus, we are all part of God's family. Through faith in him, we become the children of God. And we know we have a place that's been made for us.
That's the good news. That's the joy of Christmas. Let's sing about that room and welcome for us as we sing the next carol, Where Shepherds Lately Knelt. Christmas is family time, and we make room for family and friends to celebrate with us. Now, my family is a little large. We've got six in the house, plus two dogs. So when it comes time to preparing food, it's a lot of stuff all around. It's a lot of work that has to go, and we need a lot of pots and pans to take care of it all. And it's not just little ones. They're big ones, because there's a lot of food that has to be made. So the other day, as I was doing the dishes, I realized that what we don't have is just a little fry pan. You know, just if you want to make something just for yourself. Everything is big. And then it dawned on me, wouldn't that be a great Christmas present for my wife? <laughs> to have a little personal fry pan so that she could make an egg for herself or an omelet. You know, I'm thoughtful. Well, you laugh, but I got a great deal on it because along with it came another fry pan that was just a little bit bigger so you could make two eggs or two omelets and share it with somebody. See? But we like things that are personal. We like things that meet our own personal needs. Many people might consider this one day out of the year as just a little day. Many people might consider that baby that was born in Bethlehem to be small and insignificant. But oh, how that little baby meets our personal needs. Listen to what happened to the shepherds and others as the story is told. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. That personal need is that we have a Savior who meets all of our needs, starting with that personal relationship that we can have with God. Because those sins that have separated us have now been removed. And we've been restored again to that friendship, that relationship with God because of him. And there's more than that. That Savior is with me every day of my life to meet all of my needs. With, my wor with his word, he is encouraging me. With his works, he cares for me and reminds me that I am safe in his hands and part of that family forever. I know all that by faith, by trust in Him as God and Savior. And that faith, that trust, was given to me by God 
as a gift. We have a Savior who meets all of our needs. Now let's welcome Jesus in. Let's make room for him in our life. Make room for him in every aspect of your life, in your jobs, in your schooling, in your family life, in your recreation time, in your relationships. Make a corner for him everywhere, in your finances, in your health, in your planning for the future, in your friendships. Make room for Jesus. And you do that when, like the shepherds, you praise and glorify him as your Lord and Savior, not just on a beautiful night like tonight, but all the time throughout the year. Like Mary, take these truths and treasure them, ponder them in your heart so they become strength and comfort and, and hope for you. And know this, that though Jesus came this first time in a very humble and lowly way, he's going to come again to judge all people. He will come with glory and power. And to those who believe in him, he will make room for them in the mansions of our Father in heaven. Jesus said, Behold, I am here. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens that door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. Make room for Jesus, the one who made room for you. Then you will know the, how important and how joyous Christmas is, not just for this one or two days, but for every day of your life. Let's ask Jesus to be part of our life as we sing this next song.